the year. Universal Sentry 0092. Neo Zeon remnants on the surface of Earth were in shambles following the events of the first Neo Zeon War. The new leader of Zeon comes to the fore and prepares for a final conflict with the souls weighed down by gravity. This manga is by Kazuhisa Kondo and was made in 1988 and features Zeon forces trying to flee the Earth before the events of Universal Century 0093. This podcast features events between Double Zeta Gundam and Shars Counterattack which will have spoilers. If you have not seen these shows yet, then please be warned. Now on to the show. Chapter 6 Epilogue So for this episode, it'll be a recap for Season 2, which covered the revival of Xeon manga by Kondo Kazuhisa. This story took place in Universal Century 0092, or four years after the events of Season 1 of Gundam Book Club featuring Gundam Sentinel and the first Neo Xeon War. It is one year before the beginning of the second Neo Xeon War, also known as Char's Counterattack. It features Kondo-san's favorite recurring character, Lieutenant Brown, as he helps to get Xeon Remnant forces stuck on Earth that are left there from the end of the One Year War to escape back into space. So, I would hope by this point you would know there would be spoilers, so proceed with caution. It also showed Amro Ray and Char briefly along with New Gundam and Zazabi. These units were not the same ones as seen in Shars Counterattack as they were modified and not meant for new type use. Also, other older designs like the Hyzak, GM3, Nemo, Marasai, Zeta Gundam, and Double Zetas, along with the O, were seen in a repurposed fashion. It was nice to see some older designs in this property. So, there are clear differences in the style of this side story as compared to Gundam Sentinel. The former is made as a full-length novel, with the latter being made as a manga. As a result, there is more action as a visual medium. It also had less exposition as a result. So the first question I can answer is, do I consider this canonical? As a whole, I would say yes, with one big caveat. Some continuity issues would be raised based on the events of this manga as it relates to things that take place after 0092, specifically Unicorn, Unicorn Gundam and that episode featuring the attack on Torrington Base. Assuming that Lieutenant Brown was able to allow all Xeon remnants on the Earth to escape, where did these guys come from? Or the forces that were used to attack Dakar earlier from that episode? The other possibility was that he was not able to evacuate all troops and mobile suits from the surface. Now, it's hardly to say which is the more likely scenario, but I would favor the latter. It'd be hard to get every Xeon soldier that are scattered all over the surface of the globe and get them off to safety into space. It would not be like they would have GPS enabled so they could be found. In terms of the mobile suits featured, I like the Xeon forces to use repurposed Federation and Titans units such as the Yo, 
Hyzaks, and Marasai's. It would make sense to use those presumably abandoned units given they were stranded on the Earth and would have limited access to factories to crank out new designs. The units they were able to field according to Kondosan would be modified from other units. These include the storm Jaguar or Jaeger, based on the gap plant, or the bread, based on the O. This is not the first time that someone involved in creating stories for the Universal Century timeline did this. The Federation Titans Hyzak is nothing more than a modified enhanced design of the Zaku, clearly of Xeon lin lineage. Units like the Marasai, Zeku Ions of Gundam Sentinel and Moon Gundam, and even the Barzam were influenced directly or indirectly by Xeon technology. Tom of the Opsum podcast Molesu Breakdown point out in a recent episode that the Neo-Zeon forces in and around Dakar and Double Zeta Gundam were using units that were in turn based off of or appropriate in Federation units. The Green Hyzek was being used by the Neo-Zeon forces in an episode. It would stand to reason that Neo-Zeon or Zeon forces on Earth being desperate and cut off from routines of resupplies from Axis would do this to keep on fighting the Federation. It also makes sense that modification of existing technology or units would create such units as the Dowage and Goblin that were also featured in this manga. I've said so before, but this manga is one of my favorites. I was exposed to this years ago and was able to purchase the first edition along with another by Kondosan called The Dogs of War. It is set around the same time as this and also features Lieutenant Brown using a Gyarados at that point deployed to Earth. Kondosan, among other things, did a manga version or retelling of the story of Zeta Gundam. As an aside, I found in my otaku library a small manga penned by Kondosan. In Hobby Japan's special issue, Mobile Suit Gundam, or Gundam Weapons 2, from 1992, there was a side story entitled 0083 Jupiter, Zeus, in Operation Titan. It was set in the orbit of Jupiter, where Federation forces approached the Jovian uh, uh, moon Ganymede to engage with Axis forces. GMs and gun cannons engaged and ultimately destroyed uh, by unseen Axis units, including a Hama Hama, piloted by Haman Karn and a Gyan armed with a beam rifle flown by none other than Char. They are both held at bay by a Gundam Mark II fly, flown by, rather, Patmos Hiroko. I can scan this and provide this online. So, getting back to Revival of Zion, what is my overall take on it? I did love it. Part of my love is nostalgia because it is the first manga I discovered from Gundam. I do enjoy the more grounded aspects of science fiction and that it is more militaristic compared to other properties. As I've discussed before, his mangas tend to be heavily influenced by aesthetics uh, from the European theater of World War II. With the exception of the new Gundam from this manga, for me at least, the mobile suit designs are very appealing. I do like his interpretations of previously seen designs like the O, Zazabi, and the Dowage. They're not flashy, but instead look worn, used and even like a tank or other armored vehicle that is not just really fresh out of a factory. I like that the Xeon units were not just hapless, incompetent buffoons like they are sometimes depicted, depicted as in First Gundam, Zeta Gundam, or Double Zeta for that matter. So we'll do now I guess a very brief question answer section. As with everything in this podcast, there will be spoilers ahead, so proceed with caution. So the first question came by email and asked, 
When it comes to Revival of Zeon, do you think it would work as an animated adaptation, or would such significant changes would need to be made, they might as well go on to something original? Uh, my answer would be to start, to, to start with, let's be honest, I think as long as Gundam is popular in Japan and worldwide, any side stories that are made into anime would also be popular to a greater or less degree. It also would allow for Bandai uh, and others to sell more merchandise and Gunpla in particular. I think Revival Zion would be no different. It would fill in the void of the time between Double Zeta and Char's counterattack. It explained how Char took over Neo Zion, which is a question that certainly I'm sure some of us would have had. It also could feature some Zion remnants on Earth following the One Year War. It'd be nice to see that the side of Zion remnants, that besides the required episode of the uh, Gunner protagonist going on a trek in the desert and encountering a Zion loyalist. I do think that the revival of Zion will work as a whole except for one glaring issue, which I've mentioned before. <clears throat> like I said earlier, the manga spoke about how all remaining ground forces were able to escape Earth and join their spacefaring brethren. This issue is though, like I said, that episode in Gundam Unicorn uh, would not have been feasible. Perhaps the way to explain this would be that Lieutenant Brown was tasked to aid as many Zeon units as he could uh, help them to leave the Earth's sphere, but could not rescue them all, and the remaining troops could then be potentially involved in that episode. Another question comes in from Keenan of the Gundam Guys or Gundam Gaiden podcast. Not counting Sentinel, what's the most obscure Gundam-related product you think more people should know about? To be honest, it's a very personal side for me. Um, although I love Gundam a lot, um, and the Universal Century timeline in particular, I do not know everything about Gundam, and I certainly not seen everything either. Uh, some anime that I've not seen, which may be shocking for some fans, would include G Gundam, Gundam X, Age, Reconquista, or, yeah... I've not seen most of C, just a few episodes, but that was enough for me. That said, here are the side stories that I think that were not animated, but that would be uh, interesting to see besides my pie dream for Sentinel. Revival of Zion would be obviously one for me. Uh, the second would be Advance of Zeta. Some of the mobile suits from AOZ have been seen in 0083, uh, and also in the Zeta movies like the Gundam, uh, rather GM Quell. Of course, I won't debate whether the Zeta movies are canonical. Some of the designs are very fascinating, and it'd be interesting to look at other parts of Titans that were not featured in either Double Eighty Three or Zeta Gundam. Um, I'd also add uh, F Ninety. It does have some Glumpla that came out in the nineteen nineties, and have been recently re-released. It is a lead-up of sorts to the events featured in F Ninety One. The original manga was released in nineteen ninety by Ray Nakahara and would help to explain the events uh, leading from the end of Char's counterattack to Gundam F-91. It was then later reimagined as Gundam F-91 fastest formula, and would account for the events that took place, uh, including Gundam Unicorn narrative, that chronologically would take place between uh, Char's counterattack and F-91. Uh, clearly they had to account for this since um, Unicorn narrative had not been invented when F-90 first came out. Um, I would actually add one other um, Gaia Gear as well. It was a novel written by Tomino and set in the Universal Century timeline around the uh, Universal Century 203 marker set and features some absolutely beautiful mobile suit designs. It was serialized uh, in the New Time magazine and ended its run in the early 90s. They even made a radio drama of the series featuring a character who is literally a shark clone. Stop it if you've heard that before. 
I have posted some images in the past on social media, so I'll, I'll do some more just for your own edification. Uh, there'll be some show notes that provide links for some of the other properties with this uh, episode. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gundam Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gundam Sentinel Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gundam Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast and tell your Gundam-loving otaku friend to check it out. Until next time.